Welcome to the future of music. My name is Jake Abel, and I started this podcast as a passionate music fan interested in how technological developments like Web3 and AI will disrupt and continue to affect the music industry. Each week, I talk with artists, entrepreneurs, and music professionals about all things music and tech. So whether you're a musician, industry professional, music or tech enthusiast, or just have a curious mind, I'm hoping this podcast can become a resource for you to learn from me and the incredible guests I have on, and to prepare yourself for the future of music. In the spirit of technological development, I have started using an AI model of my voice to create my intros. This podcast is released in collaboration with Float, an experimental label media company, and music platform I've been working with that helps artists create music and release it as digital assets. Check out the links in the show notes to find us on social media, see what we're up to, and discover some incredibly talented, independent artists. Winebags is a musician, keyboardist, producer, guitar player, visual artist, overall creator, and more. He's been active in Web3 music practically since its inception in early 2021 and was part of possibly the first generative audiovisual NFT collaboration. We talked about his musical background, his history in Web3, his upcoming audiovisual project, Players Cards, and much more. I hope you learned something new from today's episode. Here is Winebags. Yeah, so I'm Winebags. Uh, Alex Weinberg is, is my real name. Uh, I mean, I've been playing since I was three, probably. You know, I started taking piano lessons when I was really young and stopped for a while and then played like trumpet and band, you know, in the school band and uh, stopped that. And then started playing guitar when I was like, in, when I was probably 13. Started playing in bands and... Uh, that's when I really sort of fell in love with music and um, sort of, you know, kept playing guitar and picked piano back up when I was probably 18 or 19. And um, yeah, I mean, I went to school for music, like it's sort of been my whole life. So, um, and up until 2020, I was just sort of working as a gigging musician. A lot of times that would just be as like a hired gun. Um, you know, learning people's music, going on the road, um, doing local gigs and recording sessions and, you know, trying to fill in the gaps when I needed to. And yeah. Yeah. Damn. So you've been, you've been making music and playing music forever. Um, when did yeah. you, when did you start, uh, producing? I mean, I really started when I was, actually like a teenager and I didn't really think of it like I, I was sort of just using it to make demos and, and sort of like I just loved like I had a four track Tascam um like a little recorder that I used and would just like record songs to like give to the band like here's a song play this you know um and then I discovered Logic in Ableton when I was probably in my early 20s and sort of used it for the same purposes just to like compose and um, arrange and stuff. And then, yeah, I realized that like the being in Logic, being in Ableton, like making tracks was actually the part of the process that I really enjoyed. And then I wasn't really digging, I don't know, the whole band thing. It's just, it's hard to get, you know, paid well. It's hard to rely on other people's schedules. And so when COVID hit and I was sort of just sitting around, you know, I was getting unemployment and uh i was like you know what i'm gonna teach myself how to mix that was sort of like the one missing piece for me was i just didn't really have a grasp on that um and so i spent you know a year just working on that every single day pretty much 
and I was like, I'm mix, just, you know, mix I'm, as in like the final phase of the production process, not mix as in DJ. Yeah, mixes in, yeah. And, you know, mastering would be the final. Mixing is sort of, you know, when you have a bunch of elements, having them all sit together well and understanding sort of the the frequency spectrum and, like, how to make, you know, music sound cohesive and, yeah. Um, so I did that and I was like, you know, I'm just going to start, per, you know, per, pursuing, like, a solo thing. And right around that time was when I found out about NFTs and Web3. And so that sort of led into that. And uh, I was like, oh, shit, I can actually maybe make some real money doing this. And uh, I sort of went all in on that. So that sort of led me to where we are now. And that was around what time? Uh, when I got into Web3 and like Clubhouse and stuff was early 21. Yeah. Yeah. So that's early yeah i'm trying to think i got into web3 like late 21 and yeah early 20 i mean early 21 was sort of when it all really started moving at all right it was it was like like board apes minted like april of that year i think right yep yeah and i was i remember that like that week and my parents were in town and i didn't even really have the funds to i I don't think i would have minted even if i was like paying attention Mm -hmm. um Cause I, you know, who knew they were going to do what they did, but, uh, you know, my, my whole approach was like, I'm just going to play with money that I like, I can't dump a bunch of money into this, but if I'm making money, then I'll start, you know, I can mint some stuff and see how it does. Um, so that was right, sort like, of before, like I was seeing sales, you know? Yeah. Right. That was like the first piece of advice everyone gets is don't put any money in. You're not willing to lose. Right. So, I mean, Web3 music was, like, really nascent at that point. Like, hardly anything was going on in early 21. I mean, Web3 was sort of just not even figuring itself out, but just, like, getting started. Um, what was, what was like, what were you doing back then? Like, what was, like, the Web3 music niche like? Oh, man, it was, uh, it was interesting. Like, me, there's still some people that, like, would hang. I would host a a clubhouse room three times a week called audio NFT producers. And a lot of the people that would come in there are still around, you know, doing the NFT thing. Um, but we would just sit there being like, how does this even fit in? Like we would sort of just be scratching our heads and trying to figure out ways. And there's barely any like platforms or places dedicated to music at that time. So a lot of it was just, you know, minting like audio visual pieces on OpenSea. And I did some on Tezos and uh, yeah, at that time I was really trying to figure out, okay, I think I need to like sort of dial in some kind of visual representation of this. Cause the music by itself is just not really, it's, there's nothing to do with it right now. Um, so that was a lot of that was like trying to sneak my music into people's ears through. Yeah. So I, I spent a lot of time learning like Adobe, like illustrator and after effects and, doing animations and stuff interesting and, and you were really just doing that as a way to like have somewhere for the music to exist in web3 sort of yeah uh-huh i mean it seems like that has developed a lot now right like i mean you're working on you did homework and all these other audio visual projects so like how has how has like that niche like web3 music you think changed in the last couple of years and then how has like your art practice changed 
Yeah, I mean, there's definitely more attention on it. You know, it's it's hard to say because the whole market is so down right now. It definitely feels like there's not really much of a market for music NFTs or really just NFTs in general, unless, you know, you're a select few projects or artists. Um, but I, I do think that, like, there's more people, there's more, like, legit musicians that I respect that are doing it. And um, I think there's more also tools. I mean, like, Async. I mean, Async's been around. They were around when I started, but, uh, like, their Music Blueprints tool is like an absolute dream come true for a musician. And that's the kind of stuff that I was really excited about with NFTs is like being able to create sort of crazy projects using music. Um, and, and, you know, stuff like sound and uh, there's a big music com community on Lens. Like there's just a lot more people that are interested in it and like actual collectors that are interested in it too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, a hundred percent. The tooling has, is, yeah, I'm sure significantly different than a couple of years ago. So oh, yeah, async. Yeah, the async art <clears throat> stuff seems like yeah, like you said, like a dream. I mean, let's let's dive into that a little bit. Like how? What? I mean, a lot of people probably don't even know what it is. So like, what is it, and how did you use it? Yeah, I mean, async has been around, you know, for at least a few years. I don't know exactly when they started, but they have a few different like sectors of like of, of tools. So like their early music tool was like this. I don't know if you've looked into it. I think they call it classic music or something now, but it's uh, essentially like you put out a song and it's divided into stems and people can collect those individual stems. And when they collect them, you know, there's several different variations that they can then choose which one is playing on like a master track that everybody can hear. Um, and then like alongside of that, you could sell these things called, I think they called them records which were like really low edition or low cost, high edition things where like, if you bought a record to someone's um, music project, then you could like press that record, which you would pretty much burn that and get like a copy of the track at its current state. And so I don't know if they offer that anymore, but I know like uh, Tara Naomi, someone who I worked with on homework uh, did one of the first like classic music um projects but yeah uh, music blueprints they came out with last june we were actually one of the like uh founding or first projects on there and essentially what it does is you know you have it's broken up into stems in the same way that like uh if you think of a board ape where there's different categories like the hat and the ears and the eyes each one of those categories is also connected to a musical category. So maybe the hat is connected to the drums and the eyes are connected to the melody. And so each layer of eyes would also be connected to a layer, like an audio layer uh, of, of like a stem that corresponds with that. And so when someone mints, it compiles all those together. So that's essentially what Music Blueprints is. And so essentially you can just, without using any code, create like thousands of variations of like however you want the image layers to work and then however you want the song to work so that exactly yeah how how does that work for i mean for an image i think it's you know it's sort of easier to just do different layers you can do i mean like homework there's like a different tv screen and a different tv outline right. and a different table but like for music you have to think about how each of those 
lay like how each like percussive element would interact with like all the different melody variations. Like I'd imagine that's a lot harder to figure out. Can you talk a little bit about that process of like, cause you don't want like some of those versions to like just sound like crap music, right? right? How do you, how do you, how do you deal with that? I mean, yeah. And how it comes out is definitely going to be subjective, but like how I've approached it is like, I'll actually, you know, I'll write a track. I'll just write a track you know, include a bunch of elements like I would write a normal track. I'll actually chart it out. So I have all the chord changes and, and sort of where they're happening in the bar. And, and then I'll sort of start charting out like, okay, where's the melody going to go? Like maybe the melody is going to go, it's going to be phrased like these two bars and then it's going to, you know, maybe rest this bar. And then, so when the melody is resting, you can have something else sort of poking out. Um, so I think it's being really, really uh, like intentional about arrangement because I have I've also come from like I took a bunch of arranging classes where you know you're arranging big band stuff and and stuff for like you know twenty instruments where you know a huge horn section and so it's I approach it a little bit like that and then I also think of like when I you know write a normal track wh what's in there there's all, there's going to be like a melodic element. There's going to be something that's maybe not quite as present, but um, outlining harmony, like chords. There's going to be a bass element. There's going to be drums. There's going to be percussion, but maybe the percussion is tucked back and like not really out front. So just, I think, deciding which elements are going to be featured at what times and, and, and trying to like map it out so... I don't know. I'm I'm rambling a little bit. I don't know if that makes sense, but no, yeah. I think it makes sense. I mean, basically you're starting with like writing a track and then you just sort of mess with each piece and make sure it still fits into the whole. Yeah. Yeah. That makes, I mean, that makes sense. How, how about your process for just the original track? Like, it sounds like you sort of have a, a method in terms of like what you want to be part of a song, but you know, how do you get started? Where, what are your musical inspirations? Like, what do you want? How do you want your music to make people feel? Stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, usually when I start out a track, excuse me, I'll just start like with like a piano or something and, and block out some chords and maybe loop that. And maybe I won't even sing anything. Maybe I'll just like go with some lead instrument over there and try to figure out a melody I like. And then I'll just, you know, once I have something that sounds good to me, I'll just start building it out. Then I'll maybe do another section, sort of do the same thing and see how I can fit those sections together or like transition. Um, and then once I have like the main like arrangement and structure of the song down, then I'll start like going in and actually making decisions about individual things, like what would sound good here and writing lyrics if there are going to be lyrics and choosing synth patches and usually i'm sampling drums so that's when i'd start figuring out you know what would make sense there too mm -hmm. and and what uh what tools are you using for all of these elements i mean i know it sounds like you play a lot of instruments and then i mean you can get a lot of shit done in ableton but oh, yeah. um like are you doing any like what else you know what else are you using and how do you how do all those pieces interplay with each other yeah i mean for synth stuff you know i have like a, a dave smith a prophet too it's a synth that i use a lot 
I also use a lot of software since too. Like I use Serum a lot. Um, Vital, which is a free one that I, I really enjoy. And, um, and then for like keyboard stuff like piano, I, I use a, a plugin called Keyscape, which is like samples a bunch of like vintage keyboards. I also have a road, so I do a lot of roads and use that and record that. Um, for Rode vocals, like a, I'm not. Road is just oh, like sorry. a normal keyboard. Yeah, it's like an electric piano. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then for like vocals, I'm not a great singer, but I'll usually just like record vocals and then run them through a vocoder. It's called Manipulator. And so that's how I do most of my vocals when I do do vocals. And uh, for drums, I usually sample most of my stuff from Splice. Mm-hmm. And then I'll also like have a bunch of like sample packs of like horns and stuff that I'll throw in a lot of my stuff too. So I'll just sort of chop those up and yeah. And how about uh, musical inspirations? Like artists you listen to that you like a lot or sounds you want to emulate, stuff like that. Yeah, um, quite a few. And and they've definitely changed over the years. And I don't even really listen to a lot of music anymore just because I think I might have burned myself out a, a bit on it. <laughs> but um, a lot of like the like 70s fusion jazz keyboardists like Herbie Hancock and Chikoria um and some of the newer like neo soul like uh robert glasper um and then some uh, what else do i listen to uh there's one producer uh oliver which i'm i'm huge into and i use a lot of his samples actually he has some great sample packs out there um Kaytronada is another producer i really enjoy um hiatus coyote yeah it's probably a yeah Nice. decent starting list but yeah yeah for sure i mean there's always stuff to build on like that um yeah that's cool man i mean so okay so that's like sort of your musical process and the tools and stuff i guess we can dive more into uh homework because i definitely you know you used yeah. async art for that so i mean I th- the big the i mean homework is super cool it's like i don't know the exact numbers but you had a group of visual <laughs> artists doing all the visual layers a group of music producers doing all the music layers how did like i mean i guess give me an overview of the project for anyone who hasn't really looked into it and then um after that i sort of want to dive into the collaborative aspect of it yeah definitely so yeah homework was a collaboration between myself tara naomi and hilton wright uh doing the music so we split the musical duties and then on the visual side it was uh, pop wonder uh, soul curry art tanya del rio and zach winterton so seven total uh, artists on there. And yeah, essentially we were we were one of the first projects to use Async. Uh, we were like launch partners with Async for their music blueprints tool. And they're really what they are. It's like just short, I think they're like 20 second loops. And it was just sort of showcasing what the tool is. Like, you know, each musical stem is tied to a visual layer. So we sort of mapped out, we ended up doing the music first and then just sort of, you know, had a spreadsheet and people just took those stems and, and made a, you know, first they made like a template for where everything would go. And then, um, and then just started creating the art for it. Did you guys have like a deal with async art or some sort of like partnership agreement with them that they wanted you guys to, uh, you know, sort of showcase what the tool was doing? Well, yeah. So Tara was actually, and she might still 
work for them in some capacity and I'm not quite sure. I haven't talked to her in a while. Um, but at the time she was, she was working for them and we were, we actually started out, Tara and I were the ones that first were like, Hey, let's do this together. Cause we were both sort of thinking of it at the same time. We're like, Hey, let's team up. And, um, we were originally going to go, she had some friends who are developers, uh, who actually have a really cool project called, um, It's pretty much like an AI generated thing where like, uh, uh, maybe I shouldn't try to go and explain it because I'm probably going to fuck it up. But uh, essentially they were going to help us develop this similar idea. And then Async actually announced or they were talking about at the same time releasing this tool. And so Terry came back and she's like, hey, Async is releasing this tool. It's going to be, you know, they take 20%. Um, but it's going to be sort of there to use. We could be launch partners. They're a cool platform. Maybe we should just consider going with them. Cause also, you know, her developer friends were, they were pretty busy. So we were sort of wondering what the timeline would look like for that. Um, and so that's sort of how we got going on it. So she, she was the one that sort of heard about it first and she's like, Oh, this, you know, we're working on this right now. And they're like, Oh, well, we, we should team up, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So you said you started with the music and then what the artists were like listening to the music as inspiration for how they wanted the different audio or visual layers to work? Sort of. Yeah. I mean, we started out, I think we came up with the concept first, you know, it's going to be like a TV in a room. There's going to be objects here, objects there, you know, the screen's going to be a layer, the casing's going to be a layer, the floor is going to be a layer. Um, so I think all of that was sort of figured out first. And then we were thinking about doing it, you know, in tandem, but it just, we got afraid it would get a little too messy with so many people going. So we're like, let's just do the music, get the music finalized. And then, so yeah, so we did the music and we tried to sort of approach it like, Hey, what, how can we make stuff that can be, you know, visually represented? Um, and so when they hear it, there be like, you know, like a basketball bouncing is one of the, you know, like percussive layers. Um, so, yeah, then they would listen to it and then just come up with what they came up with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a cool project. It's it's interesting how like this new technology has helped facilitate, you know, sort of a new art form in this like audio visual art piece that like beforehand you couldn't really do that much with, I feel like. And then now you can actually sell it as a digital asset that people oh, yeah. can sort of interact with. Yeah. Um, for me, I mean, this is sort of when I first, I first NFTs, I was like, I don't really get it. But then I started hearing, I was just listening in on clubhouse and then I was like, Oh wait, there's actually, there's possibilities to do really cool new things. And so I think async has always been a really perfect example of like how to showcase the tech in a way that meets, you know, art and music. Yeah. Yeah. It's super cool. Uh, just like all this multimedia art that's coming out of it. And yeah, that the tool seems really interesting. Um, before that, like, what was your solo music? Like, where were you at in your solo music career? And what were you like, were you trying to put stuff, push stuff out on Spotify and social media and get gigs? Or like, what were you up to before that? I mean, no, like, I had really just started a solo music career. I mean, honestly, I remember, like I actually, Pop Wonder ended up doing my logo and this is sort of before he, 
I think it was right when he was getting into NFTs and be, right before I got into NFTs. So I had really just been like, okay, this, I'm going to be wine bags. This is going to be my thing. Um, and I feel like a month later I sort of got into NFTs and at the time that I was like sort of developing what wine bags was going to be, I was like, there's not a lot of opportunity to really make a sustainable living. I'm probably an idiot for pursuing this, but you know, I've, <laughs> I've already come this far. Like what the fuck else am I going to do? Um, and so I was about to start releasing stuff on Spotify and then I found out about NFTs and I'm like, Oh no, this I'm in on this hundred percent for now, you know? And now I am starting to release stuff on Spotify, but I'm also treating it as like, I'm not really going to promote it heavily. I don't really look at the numbers. I don't really care. Um, I, I just want to put it out there in that way, um, just to have it out there. Right. It so, just gives people access to listen to it and, you know, yeah. meet, meet them where they're already at. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, that's, I actually put that off for a long time and I'm now, I only have one track up there and actually that Grimes track is going to be coming out mid month. So that's going to be the second track that I put out sort of on DSPs. Nice. Cool. Well, let's dive into the Grimes track because oh, yeah. I mean, the, the track itself is really sick. And <laughs> Thank um, you, I mean, I just listened to it and then I was digging a little further and saw that you like were a finalist in that whole competition. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Let's dive into it. What you made that specifically for the competition. Yeah, well, I did. And then I also made it because I just I'm very interested in AI and how it can be used for art and music, especially music. And it's such a new thing. When I saw Grimes sort of put out that like. So she and that what she announced the competition, like use my voice in a song and, and we'll have people vote on it and you win like $10,000 or something. And then where were you Well, at? no. So she just announced. So there's that whole, I don't know if you followed that thing with Drake where someone made. Um, oh yeah. The like one a, with, yeah, with yeah. him and the weekend that went viral. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. And he was like, fuck that. Take it down. And right afterwards she came out and she's like, I'm all it. Like, use my voice. Right. I'll split publishing with you 50-50. I mean, she even shares, like, uh, you know, she'll, like, retweet some artists that use her voice, you know, pretty unknown artists, which I thought was really cool, which gives, you know, them a lot of visibility and her a lot of visibility because everybody's fucking talking about it and using it. Um, so she actually wasn't – I don't think she's involved in the competition, but I think it was, like, sort of in partner with her. So it was done by a company called UberDuck which is like, they have a bunch of AI tools. One of them is uh, text-to-speech and like, you know, speech conversion. Um, and so they developed a tool and then she also developed a tool and I think they were different because they seem to produce sort of different results, but essentially you upload your own vocals. So I would actually sing those melodies with the lyrics and then upload it and then it would spit out, you know, that in her voice or her AI voice, whatever. Interesting. Um, I didn't know how that that's how it works. So you're yeah. just yeah, you I guess that makes sense cuz the like a lot of the text to audio stuff just sort of sounds robotic. Yeah. But I can see how the conversion would work a lot better. Yep. So that's how that works and uh she has a tool on her she has a site called elf.tech where she also has like a she uploaded a bunch of stems where people can download them and make their own models of her, which I also thought was pretty fucking cool. Um but yeah uh yeah i mean it's it's super interesting have you seen any other artists uh 
sort of embraced the voice model stuff like that? I don't feel like I, feel not, like I haven't. Not really, man. I mean, yeah. I know. So there's some tools like, what is it called? Jukebox, uh, I think is what it's called, where it's essentially like a Python script that you can like convert stuff and they have a bunch of artists in there that you can like convert it to their voice. I don't, I'm guessing it's not like all these artists have given consent and you, you do it through like a Google collab, or at least I did it through a Google collab notebook and it didn't really come out that great. Um, but I haven't seen any other artists come out and like actually come out with a way for people to use it. Yeah. I mean, like she she's, has. she's very much pioneering this new use of the tech, which, Oh yeah. I mean, I think it's cool. I think she definitely, I mean, I guess, I think I personally think that she did it the right way. She came out very publicly and was like, I, I want, agree. I want 50% and here is how you can use the model. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like even, even before I saw all of her announcements about everything, I think right after the Drake and weekend song, like went viral, I, I started thinking about it a lot. just like everyone really. And my thoughts were sort of similar to grounds. I'm like, I feel like artists should just be able to state publicly in some way, like I do consent or I do not consent to you using my voice or like for a producer, like my beats to train an AI model. And then if you do use it, I want X percentage of the rights to everything. And then 100%. You know, like based on what number they say, it, it changes the incentives of people wanting to use their their voice or beats like you know if an artist wants 99 percent of the rights it's you know you might not be as inclined to release everything that you make with that ai collaboration but if they only want 10 percent, like people are probably going to use that shit more and i think that gives i feel like that gives everyone the right amount of control yeah i 100 percent agree and i do think people are going to abuse it and push it out there and i would never do that with an artist that hasn't explicitly been like use my stuff you know i don't i don't agree with that um although that's what a lot of you know mid-journey there's not necessarily consent but it's sort of a different thing because it's just compiling a bunch of data as opposed to just putting out something as drake or as true yeah so yeah yeah i think she she went about it right and i hope to see others like other musicians that i like do it too because i i enjoy playing with the tools and it seems like a really cool way for collaboration so yeah, totally. I mean, I think, yeah, colla like collaboration is really going to be taken to sort of a new level with all this stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, we're working on something sort of similar at, at Float, the oh, shit. the music company that I'm working on, working yeah. with now. Um, and our, Can you talk I mean, about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not AI-based, but it is very collaboration-based where the goal of the platform or one of the goals of the platform that is currently under development will be to give artists a place to put up music that they are not currently working on or don't know what to do with or haven't finished and don't know how to finish it or it doesn't fit their release structure or whatever the reason it is, it's just sitting on their hard drive, not doing anything for them anymore. Right. And, you know, the goal is to, you know, get to the point where people are like, oh, just float it. Like when it's a verb, you know, you've made it. So just float that. it. Artists can put the music up on the platform and then other artists, DJs, producers can download, you know, buy the song, 
and then after you buy the song you get you can do whatever you want with the stems and the music and so that's fucking awesome yeah i would definitely use that hell yeah i mean yeah so the goal is to have this you know we want we want one aspect of it to be very curated with high quality artists so that people who are coming to the platform know that like the artists who are posting their music on here are making good shit and i can find six stems or vocals or beats or whatever and i know that i can come you know quote unquote collaborate with really high quality producers and vocalists and musicians but it also gives anyone in the world the ability to then collaborate with those musicians by using stuff that they're not really currently working on i love that that's uh do you is there like a ETA for when, or is that something that's just in development? And- it's in development. I mean, the goal is like towards the end of this year. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's exciting. I mean, right now we're sort of building out the network of like internal users we want to be posting their unused music and then also trying to sort of expand the, the fan base and community of people who would be buying and downloading everything. Um, Hell yeah. And we're doing like weekly remix competitions with like songs that are made at our studio sessions and stuff like that. Um, you know, sending, sending out newsletters with like stems and remixes and like highlighting people who are submitting stuff. Um, so yeah, it's, it's exciting. It's been a hell of a lot of fun to work on for sure. And I'm sure I'll keep you in the loop about everything. Please do. I'm yeah, definitely down. That's the kind of stuff I'm, you know, excited about. Yeah. Uh, so like, how about you? Do you have a bunch of music you're sort of just sitting on? You don't know what to do with? Yeah. I mean, I definitely have, I've built up probably like an album and a half's worth of stuff that I'm like, I don't know what the fuck is going to happen with this. And so it's just sort of sitting there and yeah, I got a bunch of content that I'm just like, I don't know what to do with it. So <laughs> yeah, right. It seems like a lot of people do. And then we're hoping to create a resource to help them sort of find some alternative way to monetize it or just, or, you know, and then on the other hand, just give people a place to get started. Like, yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of musicians out there who, you know, could use an eight bar loop to really get started on a song or like use some vocals or something like that. Um, so yeah, it's exciting. It's not, you know, there's, and we're, we're, we're very much trying to think of like how all this plays with AI because it's just going to, change how the music industry operates in so many ways and some of them we probably can't even think of yet but yeah yeah we're really thinking about like how do we create a resource that is still valuable when there are all these other ai tools out there yeah totally well that's uh uh, that's super exciting i'm i'm looking forward to checking more out about that yeah we're we're excited to really get it out there i mean we've been doing studio sessions like since the beginning of the year and um, I mean, I've been working with them since December, but the company's been around for a couple of years, just trying to sort of build a community and figure out the right angle for the company. Um, yeah. So now things are really getting solidified and we'll probably, we'll finally have our own platform to, at the very least, put our own music out there that is getting made at all of our sessions. So are the studio sessions like you just invite musicians and like, how do, what are those all about? Yeah, our, so our music director is a uh musician vocalist producer by the name of dreamcast mo and he is we're based in dc he's born and raised dc musician and producer um who knows you know has a really great grasp on everything going on in the dc music scene 
Um, and then he'll invite like his friends who are who are making music in some capacity to the sessions to just like sort of collaborate and fuck around and someone will bring oh, yeah. in some beat they're working on and they'll go off of that and then, you know, go to some other, you know, it's just them collaborating and making music. And we do those like weekly in D.C. and then monthly in uh, a studio we have a partnership with in New Jersey, we bring in sort of a more expanded network of artists, mostly all over the East Coast, but eventually oh, yeah. trying to expand that globally. So yeah, the sessions have been fun. I mean, I, it's definitely inspired me to try to get back into making music. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Like I fucked around on Ableton for like three months and even the shittiest beat in the world that I was making, it was a little cool because I had just created it. Yeah, um, totally. And then I just sort of fell off and, and I really want to get back into it. So hopefully that happens pretty soon. Hell yeah, dude. Um, are you Are you using, have you messed around with any other AI tools for music? production or creation or anything uh i mean sort of like a lot of actually a lot of the mixing tools that i use are ai based like i use soothe which is like it sort of automatically detects like resonant frequencies and ducks them down that's i mean that, and it's been around for a while so it's not necessarily you know a new ai tool and like ozone which uses ai for like pumping out quick masters um, but not really much else. Like I, the, most of the music stuff I've heard in terms of like, I, I checked out a couple, like there was this one where it was like a, a DAW that sort of lived online and you could sort of type things into it, like build me a four bar disco beat, you know, and it would sort of like draw out like the MIDI for like a, you know, and it would have like a drum track. It wasn't that good like it just isn't uh, yeah. there yet right but uh i think we're gonna you know in five years <laughs> it's gonna be a much different conversation yeah but it's, uh, it uh, seems like it's still a little in its infancy yeah. well i mean you use ai for other aspects of your projects and stuff though right like what else are you using it for that maybe before ai was a lot harder to do or you weren't doing at all i mean right now i use ai for pretty much any part of the visual representation of my work just because I'm not like, I don't have an eye for design. Like when I was doing the Adobe stuff, I was more just like tracing other shit and like animating it. And it took a lot of time. Like it was just an absurd amount of time I was spending on everything. Um, so I use mid journey a lot. And this upcoming project is like mostly mid journey and then, you know, manipulating it with Photoshop and, uh, I use uh, Deforum, which is creating like animation. So I have like a whole collection with uh, music paired with those and the music sort of, I'm using an After Effects script, which sort of lets you uh, like affect different parameters in After Effects with music. So it's actually driving a lot of the sort of animation. Whoa, um, that sounds sick. Freak, <laughs> freak React. Yeah, it's fucking crazy, man so it's literally integrating with the, the layers of the music to affect the the visuals yeah so like what i'll do is i'll write a quick track and then i'll like bounce out all the individual stems and then i'll load those into after effects and then you can like make it they call it a profile so you make a profile for you know an audio file and it's sort of just like and you can also choose like which frequency range it's like listening to and then once it has that profile, you can use that profile to drive anything. So like I'll 
I'll like sort of have it drive like the time of the animation where like the animation isn't moving. And then when the kick drum hits it, you know, jumps forward. Um, and there's like other stuff I do, but that's one of the main things that I use. Which, which track was it where you have like the, the pixelate effect sort of interacting with. Oh, that's one too. There's a few of them in that collection that have that. Which, which collection is that again? I want to try to find it's, it and share. It's my called screen. Uh, wine bags in the city. There it is. All right, wait, I'm just going to pull that up and show it on my shared screen. Hell yeah. Cause I, cause that one was like super obvious that the, that the animation was interacting with the music and I yeah. just, I just thought it was really cool. Yeah. So that is all freak react. It's a great, I think. Which one? I'm, uh, the day in this, this was the, Oh one yeah, was yeah, yeah, totally. About. All right, here it is. A day at the Starfield by Winebags. And so again, what let's before I play it, what exactly was the way you were having the pixelation interact with the music? So with that, like um I think the in this one the I have like an adjust like I have a layer that's just like pixel like it just pixelates everything, but I have the opacity set to zero so it's not showing. But then I had that I think it's like a satellite sound that beep 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 like every time that goes off that will trigger the opacity up on that and so it'll just like pixelate the whole image or cool video. all right so let's watch and listen to some of it Yeah, I mean that's it's so cool and it's so obvious you, that like that's the way the things are interacting. So it's just like you know, you couldn't do that at all previously or maybe I guess you could like create a video and and time it up with the audio but right. that was and probably that's what really I used difficult. To do. It was uh -huh. Oh, really? Well, process. Yeah. Well, I used to like animate stuff to music, but it was all by I mean by hand. It was it was with after effects but it was all going in it was a tedious ass process yeah yeah right and, and and just the fact that it's that tedious probably means that there was a lot less people doing it yeah i mean and i've so, seen some people that do some crazy shit but right. not a lot yeah. yeah right and now it's like you can just there's tools that you can just make this audio and vision and visuals interact like that it's really really cool yeah it's awesome i'm i'm like what do you think the next step is like Oh man. <laughs> I mean, I know actually there's like AI tools now where you can have an, a video spit out, you know, it's sort of like you, it's like prompt text it video and you can actually automatically just upload like an audio file and have it react to it as it's spitting it out. So it even cuts more steps. I don't know how it works or how well it works. Um, but after that, I, I don't even know, man. It's yeah, crazy. Already, that sounds pretty crazy, but yeah, yeah, I can imagine a some sort of future where you can like do sort of text to video animation and just include the effects that you want to interact with the layers. Oh, I'm of the sure, song. man. <laughs> Dude, it's so it's, crazy to think it's about. It's gonna get nuts. Like, we're just really 
starting to hit that sort of exponential curve where stuff is going to like shoot off and just the new ways that you can use technology for art is going to be wild well dude i mean even so i've been i paid for a month of chat gpt4 and like i i can't even fathom like that it's at where it's like i've had it write out javascript shiffer i don't i don't know how to code and it fucking works like really well and i'll be like oh actually i don't like how this and then it just like it's it's nuts man Damn. it's gonna like i can't even imagine in two years where this shit's gonna be yeah so you said you were saying that you like will write some scripts for some of this animation stuff you're just doing that with chat tbt and don't really have a coding background or well so actually uh the stuff that i'm using for this the freak react thing is it's actually just like a it's called a script, but I think of it as like a plugin that, mm. uh, what's the guy that made it? What's his name? It's, it's a, like a third party thing that I just downloaded. So no, I'm not writing that, but I did have chat. So going to like my upcoming project, like I actually had chat GBT write me out like a, do you know what P five GS is? No. It's like, if you like the FX hash stuff, have you looked into any of that? It's that like a generative more familiar, but not really. It's like making generative art using JavaScript, but you can do a lot of stuff and there's a lot of like sound li libraries too. So like I actually had ChatGPT make me like a little player where all the stems are loaded up into the player and you can just switch between them while they're playing and sort of play with all the different stems and you can add effects, you can turn them down. Um, yeah, it's it's fucking awesome yeah uh that sort of reminds me of this this site i gotta share with you called citizen dj that citizen, uh, i'm gonna write it down it samples the library of congress public like our uh archive of sound and so there's like all these old samples that are like public domain and then you can <laughs> you can like interact with the different layers and it pulls up a little like sequencer and, and you can just like fuck around with drum kits and these different samples. It's oh, really, that's awesome. No, I have really, not seen it's that. It's really cool. It's really crazy. Um, and I'm it's all, it you can like download every individual layer for whatever you want to use it for too. Cause it's all like public domain stuff. That's awesome. It's yeah. I'll, you know what? Let's I'd probably use that. Let's, let's fuck around with that for two seconds and I'll share. Yeah. Story. I'd like to see it. It's really cool. All right. The last podcast I did with was with Databots, who, or CJ, mostly, I mean, Zach chimed in for a little bit, but CJ from Databots, and they're like an AI uh, music project. They like code a lot of bots to like learn different sounds and blend genres and stuff. Really interesting shit. But the whole time, CJ had his screen up and was sharing screen and had all these cool like videos and references and music to share. And it helped me realize that like I should like sharing my screen and doing stuff on the computer, like definitely has is a cool way to enhance the podcast. Although oh, totally a lot of people are just listening, but I'll just, I'm trying to get more into. Um, so you, you put these, stuff. this is like on YouTube and on like the podcast. App. I, it's on lens tube and I need to start releasing on YouTube. Oh, so nice. Hopefully this will get me to do that. But all right. So look, there's all these different, 
stems and I can like oh wait I want to go to browse and download so like oh wait no that's the wrong thing I'm gonna have to edit some of this out explore that's what I want to do Let's so are they like grouping stems together that like go together or it's just any stem that you I haven't totally figured out how they group it I mean there's all these different collections like the national jukebox of jazz the national jukebox oh, okay. of folk music so we can explore the National Jukebox of Jazz. It's got all these samples. And I can like click on them. Oh, whoa. And like hear part of it. I don't know how like it's organized and what the different colors mean, but like all right, so this one oh play in context. Oh, they're all like is it like each one of those red ones is all part of the same? Oh, maybe crazy. i'm not totally sure and then you can fuck around with it so like if i just play oh shit yeah dude that and honestly I... sounds better than a lot of the producers i know <laughs> and then i can like adjust where everything is hitting damn anybody can make a fucking beat that's crazy. yeah I can adjust the BPM. Like, it's really crazy. That's insane. I mean, even and, as a musician, like just getting inspiration from that, I feel like. Yeah, it's a pretty cool tool. We've like slightly been trying to gatekeep <laughs> that float, but it's out. I mean, oh, it's really? out there. It's cool. Man, there's so many that yeah, I've never yeah. heard of any. Of so this. you can download like the whole thing, or you can download the individual stems, and it's all public domain. It's really crazy. That's pretty awesome. It's it's really awesome. Um, yeah, it's sick. Anyway, let's let's. I mean, it's a yeah, it's a really cool tool. Like it's, I mean, there's so many different random music production tools out there, and and this is sort of one that no one would really think about, but it's really interesting. Yeah. Um. Anyway, let's get into the upcoming project you got going on. Um. Yeah, I we, we talked about it earlier and I sort of forgot to look at my notes, but I I don't you haven't really released or promoted anything yet, right? No. So I think yeah. we're going to officially announce it this coming uh, Wednesday. Sick. All right, cool. Yeah. I just remember you told me it's another audio visual project with like the layers interacting and stuff, yep. but I would love for you to give an overview of it. Yeah, actually, do you want me? I can share my screen and sort oh, of. Oh, like hell yeah. Show, show the audio and visual aspect of yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. I might help. Uh, oh, wait. Uh, host disabled participant screen. Oh, here, let me. But let while me you're doing that, that, I can uh, actually get into async. Okay. Um, sometimes when I don't know exactly how to, like, I just, go, I just, and no, I'll use ChatGPT instead of Google now. Oh, yeah, that's. <laughs> Like, how do I that's change the this setting on Zoom? That's the way to do it. Yeah.
I'll be right back. Actually, I'm grab my mouse. Yeah, sure. Oh, there we go. That was probably a little bit easier um, than let I me make sure T four, but oh, oh yeah. well. <laughs> share sound. Optimize for video clip. Do you do that or no? I, I wouldn't worry about that, but yeah, okay. just make sure you click the share sound and then we'll be able to hear it. Cool. Okay. So uh <laughs> yeah, essentially this is sort of like the back end of async, like when you're building it, this is sort of where you test it. Can you see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have these eight different layers of hands, percussion, EFX, chords, lead, drums, bass, and the mm -hmm. other bass. So how I structured this one, so this is all like mid-journey. Each one of these is like its own mid-journey prompt or whatever. Um, but they're like each each stem visual layer combination is its own player. Like it, I actually had ChatGPT write, like help me write like backstories for them. It's all like sort of fictional and silly but um you know they all have names they're all sort of you know their own thing so uh essentially there's i think there's like 31 different layers um and so you can sort of see too how like you can sort of change out like this is the percussion although it's taking a while to load but you can also listen to oh that's really cool so you can adjust the audio layer like you can mess with it in real time and it shows you how it affects the visual layer. Well, I mean, or this is, is this... just for, this Sorry, is just for know. testing. So these are already like the audio and uh, visual layers are like forever linked together. Right, like right. they're always a pair, but yeah, this is just for testing. Like you can go yeah. through and make sure everything's lining up. Right. 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 Yeah. I mean, just um, like overall, that's cool. It's like, oh, I want to, I want to adjust this chord and then you can see how that chord matches onto this. To yeah. Yeah. Right away. And then you can also sort of hear that individual stem, but like if we go to uh, like run a mock render, sometimes during the mock render, the stems don't line up perfectly, but hopefully these sound all right, just to get mm -hmm. an idea of like what it sounds like. Um, but yeah, it's a full track. Um, I'll just do a few of these. And uh, essentially, yeah, when people uh, mint it, they should be able to download, you know, the audio. And if I'm not mistaken, there should be an uh, option to download the stems themselves that they get at the thing. And sort of going back and forth on what I want to do with uh, like rights for the stems. Um, I know some people that have done projects with async where they did it all uh, as um, CC0. Mm -hmm. Is that right? But um, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if that's what I want to do. But essentially, yeah, you'll get a unique piece of artwork and a unique track, a sort of a mix of different elements. Damn, that's cool. So, how many different possible variations are there? Uh, let's see. Should actually say somewhere on here. Right. <clears throat> uh, 
it used to say, but I think since I've already submitted it, maybe I can't, I can't find exactly where that is now. It was something like 51,000 or something. Yeah. Damn. That's crazy. And so you just uploaded all these different layers and now bang, this tool can create 51,000 different songs. Yeah. And actually, so the music side of it, I, I'd say there's probably more like 15,000 to 20,000. Cause another thing that is really cool about async is they have these things called types where you can essentially have different pools of assets. So I actually have different layouts of the visuals oh, where like, cool. you know, these have their own sort of like rarity structure and their mm -hmm. own like metadata. Um, but like all of the, you can have, you know, the same trait go across all three types. So you can get the same, but it's just sort of laid out differently. You can also include different audio, but the audio is the same for all of these. So yeah, that's um, cool. So the visual for people that uh, can't see it is like a a guy holding what is it six cards, and the different yeah. layers of the different cards can change based on the audio. So can the background of the whole image a little bit. Um, yeah. And the, so you said you had ChatGPT help you write out backstories for all the different characters that can appear on the cards. Is yeah, there... every everyone has a, and we're actually using. So I'm using Lens to sort of like um, have like a catalog of all this. So I'm going to do a bunch of collective, like free collectible Lens posts, where it's going to be like a video of that player with a sample of the audio and their whole backstory. And uh, yeah, is the backstory just to add sort of this layer of lore to the whole project, or is there some way that you can actually like interact with the cards? No, I just, just for fun. I just, like, I started writing them out. Cause I was like, I don't know. I just, I like the idea of each of them having this like really silly, stupid, like backstory with all these <laughs> fake bands and, you know, musicians and shit. So. Yeah. It's just fun. And it's yeah, easier it's just to do now with all these tools. Yeah. It was super easy. Mm -hmm. That's cool. So how, what's your, I mean, Obviously, Web3 has all these benefits of like direct to consumer and, and ownership and data, data analysis and all this stuff, but you still have to do the marketing somehow you still have to find collectors just like you would find listeners and, um, you know, it's it, you still have to sell the music in one way it's just there's sort of this different structure around it. Um, so what's your plan for, for this project and finding collectors. Yeah, so. I'm sort of doing like a marketing campaign on lens where I'm going to be introducing two players a day. I'm also like compiling that. I don't know. Do you use bonfire? Or do you know of bonfire? I know of bonfire. I yeah. haven't really used it. Um, and then for any listeners who don't know lens, it's a web three social platform that has like different apps that are similar to current social media, but they all integrate with each other and you can yep. sell collectibles straight on the platform. But yeah, so, yeah, no, I mean, Bonfire seems like a really cool platform. I haven't really messed around with it, though. It is. Yeah, it's just a really cool, like, no code uh, website builder with, like, Web3 functionality. And they're actually introducing, like, lens integration where you can include your lens feed. You can include certain lens posts and people can actually collect those posts straight from your Bonfire site. So I'm going to do all these lens posts and then they're all going to live on the Bonfire site where people can go and, like, just check out the whole universe, like, check out all the players, what they sound like, what they look like, who they are. Um, and then I'm going to spend the next like month uh, living on Twitter spaces, uh, which is 
you know, it's fun. It also leads to major burnout, but it's definitely like clubhouse and Twitter spaces have been like the most effective marketing tools for meeting for NFTs. And so, yeah, just trying to book Twitter spaces and just hanging and just being around, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's just making those personal connections and talking with people and letting people sort of hear what you're all about is definitely, um, I mean, it's a great way to market anything, sort of. It's just how do you oh, actually yeah. connect with people and, and tell your story in a way that makes them want to support you as just a person more than just an artist. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, social audio has been, like, the best social media tool I've ever found, for me at least. Like, it just, mm -hmm. it's it's easy to connect with people and you don't have to leave the house, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, I think, like, the next level of that might be, like, social, like vr type shit where like it's gonna be nuts right now it's cool on twitter spaces you're like in a room with people and you can you can hear everyone's voice chatting but like at some point you can like i feel like put on vr or ar goggles and like actually sit in a room with all these people and it'll oh, feel yeah, like yeah. you're with them which will also be great for really seeing people's work and hearing it hopefully too you know like being able to just sit in the room and see this piece up close, hear the music, like that's going to be a game changer. Yeah, totally. I, I had a cool conversation about like that idea specifically on a couple of previous episodes with um, Segnon, who runs, he, he's a producer and, and rapper and, and works a lot with Zorotopia. Um, oh, nice. Has a side business that does like immersive multimedia art exhibits like that Ooh, that's actually what what's his name his name's segnon i would be more than happy to connect you with him yeah definitely that's something that um i would be interested to talk to somebody about especially if there's audio involved because uh, yeah, i have some done... ideas cool yeah i i i think they're still doing that kind of stuff they were sort of pivoting the business a little bit last i talked with him i think that just because they were doing a lot of like completely immersive vr goggles stuff and just not everyone Got has it. the goggles but they do like building out metaverses and like creating these worlds of audiovisual exploration which yeah sounds right up your alley yeah <laughs> definitely that's uh something i i was actually trying to sort of figure out myself but it's i just don't have the skills necessary to make something that yeah. i wanted to make work work you know mm -hmm. yeah yeah so that's what they do i'll totally connect you um hell yeah and then i was talking with sherry the founder of water and music about that stuff too and and one mm. thing she said she was really excited about is just that possibility where you know artists can create this whole world where you can instead of just listening to their music or like just like looking at their art on a screen you can like explore the universe of them and their art in a way that like you really couldn't do before it'll be this whole digital experience where you can get like the full scope of someone's creativity which i don't know was really cool and i've talked to some other artists who like have ideas and they've said like my vision for like this music is so much bigger than just a visualizer with the music underneath it right yeah man that's that's the kind of stuff that i'm hoping comes sooner than later because i think especially for people who are making audio visual stuff that's a that's going to be a game changer yeah it's it's i mean where it's it's 
exciting to like all those possibilities. And then it's also like, I don't even know where it's going to go after that. It's so crazy. Yeah, man. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Like, I, I think it's, I'm sure we have similar attitudes toward the whole thing. Like just learn and see how it can help you and yeah, you know, try to figure out where this is going and how I can, how I can use all these tools to just like increase what I'm doing. A hundred percent. Yeah. What, what, uh, what do you do to keep up with everything? Like I have a couple of newsletters I look at water and music is a great resource. And then a few friends and, you know, a few social media accounts I follow that are posting stuff all the time. And then a few friends I text with it about constantly like, Oh, look at this new tool. Like, I'll oh, get this tweet about this. Um, what do you do to try to stay up to date? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's tough, man. There's so much, but uh, water and music is great. I haven't read any articles on there recently, but I went through, probably like six months ago and just like read everything on there. Um, a lot of it I think just comes from like, I'm in a bunch of group DMS and like telegram chats. I, I find out a lot from those and also just Twitter spaces. And I, it's hard. That was the thing that I loved about 2021 and like clubhouse was like, there, there was just so many rooms where people were like, let's learn about this new tech together and explore that and i don't see that that much but there are still people who hold really cool rooms about you know new ethereum stuff new stuff with smart contracts um so i really try to hit those and um yeah just even reading the timeline like i feel like and just knowing people too like you know having bradley you know talking to bradley from lens like he he was the one that mentioned you he mentioned like the, I don't know if you've been looking into ERC 6551, but that's something that's like, I'm super excited about. I've and I, heard about it and I, someone gave me the basic explanation and I sort of forget what's, what's good with that new NFT. Uh, what would you I'm call probably it? Gonna, like like a, a token standard or standard. Yeah. Token yeah. standard. Um, so I'm probably going to butcher this, but to my knowledge, it allows you to like pretty much set up a, wallet for an nft where that nft can then hold other nfts right and, and the thing that i was really excited about the thing that bradley brought up that i was like "Ooh, that's right up my alley is the ability to nest nfts and so like pretty much to be able to do exactly what i'm doing with async but also have people pick and choose which stems they want and they just show up on their main thing because there's you know people talking about how you know, now you can have different clothes for your PFP where like you can change out the jacket. You can, you know, cause these are all NFTs that are living inside of this NFT. And that's about the extent of my knowledge to it. I'm actually meeting with uh, one of the guys who's sort of, I don't know if he wrote the contract or if he's just, or the standard, or if he's just working on it, but uh, I'm going to talk to him sometime this week about how to implement music. And if, what I'm thinking can happen can actually happen with it. Um, but I'm still trying to sort of wrap my head around the whole thing. Yeah, that seems interesting. I mean, I, I, I would say I'm also trying to wrap my head around like what you can really do with all that, but it definitely sounds yeah. exciting. Um, another, like, as far as like other token standards and like developments and that stuff go, like, how where have you been releasing all your other projects like i know you've done some stuff on lens probably some stuff independently like gas prices with ethereum are just so prohibitive right now it seems like that 
yeah you know at least at float like we've been looking for alternative places to release music that isn't going to cost us two hundred dollars just to put it out there or even forty dollars just to put it out there and then yeah, you know another thirty dollars for someone to mint it's like and doing it on like we've been trying to find places on polygon to do it but it's not that easy like what 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 have you been doing what are the challenges what are your you know near term solutions yeah i mean i started out just lazy minting on OpenSea. The first 30 or 40 NFTs I did were on there. And that was a great way just because you didn't have, you know, that gas is not that, you know, upfront cost, which was perfect for me because I didn't have a lot of money to spend on trying to sell shit, you know, like, mm -hmm. so started out on there, did a little bit of stuff on Tez back when gas got nuts in 2021, did some stuff on Polygon. Um, I've been looking back into Tez, uh, a platform I mentioned earlier called uh, FX Hash is really interesting to me where it's like code generated art, sort of like art blocks, but on Tezos. Um, and you can also do like people do stuff with audio there too. So it's, I think the one limitation there is like, you can't really reference media outside of the project and there's like a 30 megabyte upload limit. So yeah, that can what I'm doing with stems is yeah, it's a little limiting, but I, I do want to mess around with that. But yeah, I mean, I've definitely had the most luck on ETH. Even at times when gas was crazy, I still seem to do better there than anywhere else I tried. Right now, I mean, I'm I'm still really into Polygon and Matic, although I don't know if you just saw the whole SEC shit, like claiming Matic is now a security and Hey, when did that come out? No, I did not. Like see literally it. No, today, I did not they see like they filed a lawsuit against Binance and listed all of these different tokens. Like Sand is another one. Like I have a sandbox plot and have been staking land. I'm like, am I like breaking the law right now? But, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, man. So that actually really worries me about Polygon, and I really hope that. Yeah, I don't even know what that would look like because, like, I'm selling shit on Lens for Matic. It's like it's just like uh, it's just, so am i yeah yeah it's fucking crazy so i don't know we're gonna i think binance also came out with a statement that they're sort of fighting back on that and so hopefully i i'm really hoping matic is not considered a security because that's one that i on it like you know it i just see a lot of like potential there i don't know we'll see but yeah yeah uh polygon is one that i'm really interested in and I think has a lot of good use cases. Yeah, it seems like more and more stuff is getting developed on Polygon recently. Oh yeah. So yeah, uh, fuck. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. Yeah. Jesus Dude, God. it's yeah, it's not great. It's, it's not great. like how yeah, I think that's an interesting thing about like the entire web three space yeah. in general, is that like almost no one gives a fuck about crypto. And like what the coins are doing and like right. what is going on with the Ethereum ecosystem. It's like people just care about the benefits of the underlying technology and how you can, you know, analyze all the data and like everything is public ledger, public domain. Everything is like interoperable with every other tool that gets created. All the 100%. all the monetary splits can be like coded into the actual release of the asset and you don't have to worry about payouts. Everything is automatic. There's no six to 12 month like payment delay. 
And all of that stuff is really sick. It's just that like blockchain and cryptocurrency is what is getting it done. And that's like, yeah. And it's like, that's why that's that. And that's sort of like this weird disconnect in the space because like now you as a musician have to worry about securities law. It's like that. (laughs) Like I never thought that I would be like spending my morning being like, fuck, am I trading securities? Like, right. Yeah. It's and crazy. It's, it's crazy. It's 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 so but like I mean that's just the reality of it. It's like that's where this new technology exists and it fixes so many issues for especially independent creators but like so many other artists on top of that and just has all these benefits. Yeah. It's just like somewhat of a shame almost that it's like all completely intertwined with cryptocurrency and securities law. But Yeah, yeah, it's uh I'm hoping that I don't know. I, I to me, it, it really seems like the only reason they they must just be totally anti crypto to to be like acting the way that they're act. Like I, I don't get it, but I hope that it doesn't just completely destroy. I mean, it won't completely destroy, but maybe in the states, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's like I was listening. Who was I listening to? I think it was Ray Kurzweil, who's like a futurist and inventor, talk about just like development in general. Maybe I, it might not have been him. Don't quote me on that. But um, his the point was that there's like there's always going to be people working on the newest technology and trying to improve it. And like if it happens not to happen at like company X because they don't want to mess around with AI or like. The United States doesn't want to get involved in cryptocurrency and securities. It's like someone somewhere else in the world is going to be working on it and it's going yep. to improve and it's going to get used. Like that part is all but inevitable. So yep. like it's it's in some way like stupid to try to fight it. But it's just like, I don't know. It's it's crazy how, I don't know. It's all crazy. <laughs> It is. It's nuts, man. And uh, yeah, I, I never in a million years thought I would be like thinking about the SEC at all. I was like, who the fuck is the SEC? Like, it's, 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 right. I don't work in finance. I don't care. Um, yeah. So, I mean, hopefully it's it, I mean, you can try to compare this stuff to the origin of the Internet because it is sort of the new Internet and who knows how how long the parallels can actually hold up but like when the internet was yeah. created e-commerce was illegal like you couldn't sell things on the internet because they cuz the government was against it for some reason i sort of that's forget a, the reason but like that's a good point like at first you literally could not do e-commerce and then they sort of came around i think so i'm hoping somehow something similar happens with crypto and securities laws and people just trying to sell their art me too man and yeah, I like have a big Matic bag now to him. So I'm just like, I hope this doesn't become worthless. Hey, well, look, I mean, you can always sell it. That's true. Although, so I was reading about this today because I was like, so what happens now? And I, what, and I don't know if this is true, but what I saw people saying were it's not illegal to hold a security, but it is illegal to sell a security to the public. Uh, and I don't know, like, I'm sure it's much more um, convoluted than that, but I, I don't know. I yeah. Don't know. I mean, so, like, theoretically, it's illegal to sell a Polygon NFT. 
right? In that case, like that's fucking bullshit. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, with what they're saying now, I think maybe they're trying to set that precedent. Yeah, I mean, it. it like it, I don't. It, I don't I, know. I, it's not like you're selling Polygon. Like people are actually giving you the Matic for the asset. Right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how <laughs> any of that shit works, but I'm sure we're going to see some weird ass cases come out of this. Uh, yeah. I was not expecting to see Matic on that list. So that was one of the ones I was like, oh, man. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, we shall see. Anywho. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anywho, I think this is this has been a fun conversation. I'm excited for the new project, man. Like, I'll definitely promote it as I release all this stuff. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah. I got, I I got some ideas on, on how maybe we can collab on, on Lens and just, like, releasing the podcast as we release the project. But I'll follow up with let's, you on those. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm cool to do whatever, man. Let's, yeah. let's talk. Sick. How many, how many uh, editions and what are you pricing them at? So right now what I've uh, landed on is 200 editions at 0. 0.03. 0. 0.03 ETH. ETH. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Well, I'm here for it. Um, is there anything else that you want to touch on we didn't really get to? No, nah, man. I think we hit everything I had. And uh, yeah, no, I think I'm, I'm solid. Yeah, cool, man. I, I crossed out pretty much everything on my list of questions, so um this was fun i mean you know 90 minutes kind of flies by with, with seriously with well, like yeah this. man i really appreciate you having me on and uh yeah giving me space to talk about my shit yeah for sure man i appreciate you taking the time to come on too so definitely anytime all right we'll be in touch man thanks again all right sounds good all right peace later wait 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 don't go yet thanks so much for listening make sure to check the links in the show notes to find and support wine bags and his art if you enjoyed this episode i'd really appreciate it if you subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening and follow me on social media at the links in the show notes as well also please don't hesitate to reach out with feedback or comments or questions i love hearing input from listeners that can help me improve the podcast and be sure to tune in next week for a conversation with domino a music artist lyricist director painter creator, Web3 innovator, and more.